All right, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. I was greatly encouraged with our time last week, and if so, if this is your second week with us, uh, I'm glad you're here. We're looking again at this last paragraph in Ephesians 3, where the writer of this letter is praying a prayer for the people who follow Jesus and live in a place called Ephesus. He has prayed uh, a couple requests for them. First request was this, that he, God, would grant you, that is a follower of Jesus, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So his request to God uh, on behalf of believers is not that they would be strong, but that they would be strengthened and by the Holy Spirit in their inner person so that Christ would be unpacked into every aspect of their life. And that being strengthened by him, that's what he prays for. He's praying for, uh, the ones he's praying for, he says that, Lord, strengthen them, you strengthen them, so that Christ would dwell in their hearts. In other words, so that they would love people like you love people, all people like you love all people. Not some people, not people who love them, but all people. You need to be strengthened to love all people. <laughs> yeah. To overcome every temptation. Strengthen them, Lord, because there is sin that, that easily entangles all of us. And some of us know in our heart of hearts right now where we're failing. What easily entangles us. And he's praying, like I would pray for you. Lord, strengthen them so that you would not continue to sin over and over and over and over and over again in the way that you have. That by the Holy Spirit, you would find new victory in overcoming that temptation. And that third, that that they would endure hardship with joy. Believing that nothing touches them, which does not pass through the hands of their loving, heavenly Father. And everything that does touch them is designed to make them more like Jesus. So, Lord, it's hard. It's not easy. But thank you. I rejoice in it. So, let's keep it real. I don't think any of us in this room right now, over in North, anybody listening online right now would go, oh, I love all people. I overcome every temptation, and I'm always joyful in the heart. Anybody like that? Really, go get a cup of coffee and enjoy your day. With the rest of us, what? Lord, strengthen us. You with me? Lord, strengthen us, because we don't have it in ourselves. But the Holy Spirit can give us what we need to do what he says, to love, to overcome, and to rejoice. That's his first prayer. Second, he prays, and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. So he wants them to be strengthened and then he wants them to know how much God loves them. In the same way that I would pray, Lord, would everybody listening right now have a sense of how much you love them? And we defined it, if you weren't with us last week, this way. How much does God love you? We looked at all the details, but we concluded this. He loves you perfectly. In fact, maybe you'll remember this line. He could not love you more. He loves you perfectly. He could not love you more. Demonstrated by the cross. Demonstrated by his pouring his spirit into you. Demonstrated by his working for your good in all things. He could not love you more. That's what he's praying. Why? Because when we know how much God loves us, then we will not be reluctant to say, Lord, here's my life. Because anytime I say, oh, I don't know if I want to yield my life to God, it's rooted in this, ah, if I give God my life, if I yield my control, then he might mess up my life. And why can I promise you he will not mess up your life? (laughs) Because he has loved you perfectly. He may not always do exactly what, well, strike that. He will not always do what you want. 
just like a good father never always does what his kids want. But he will love you perfectly. He could not love you more. So there's no, no reluctance to say, Lord, here's my life. Fill yourself. Fill, my, fill me with yourself. That's how much I trust in his love. So that's what he's praying. But now he turns his prayer not to those like us that he's praying for, but he turns his prayer to the one who he's praying to. And that's significant because don't miss this. Which is more important, what you pray or who you pray to? Yeah. Who you pray to makes all the difference in the world. We might not always get our what right, what we pray. But if we get it wrong, who we pray to, then we're really wasting our time. So he finishes with who he's praying to. Listen. And now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. That's, this is your part. Amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah, you agree. To him be what? Glory. Why? Because there's four truths about our God whom we pray to that makes all the difference in why we pray to him. First, it says that he, the one we pray to is able. He's able to do what? All that we ask or think. Is he able? No, more than able, right? He's more than able. See, it's, he hits able and then goes another 100 yards or so. He's more than able. Actually, that's not right either. What is it? He's far more than able. So that's not 100 yards past able. It's like a mile past able. He is far more than able, except that's not even right. It's beyond far more than able. So it's not 100 yards or a mile past able. It's like 100 miles past able. Except that's not even right. Abundantly beyond far more than able. It's, it's as if, and I hope you're capturing this, I'm not trying to be ridiculous or silly here. I want us to capture what exactly he wants us to capture here, and that is this. The God that we pray to is able. No, more than, no, far more. No, beyond far more. No, abundantly beyond far more than able. Does that make a difference? Yeah. More important than what we pray is who we pray to. The one we pray to, abundantly beyond, far more than able. I don't play golf, but the guys who play rarely talk about the score, even though that's the object of the game. They talk about how far they can hit it off the tee. Oh, I can hit it two. Oh, I can hit it 300. I, you know how far a guy can hit it off the tee? Me either. I, I don't know. I just know it's abundantly beyond far more than able to hit it off the tee. I, I, don't, it, I don't think it lands. It just goes and goes and goes. Don't be jealous, Mike. It's just the that's, guy can hit it off the tee. That's our God. I hope that encourages you. He is abundantly beyond far more than able to do all that we ask. to do all that we ask. So those moments where you have asked and then thought, oh, was that too much? Or in the prayer group where somebody makes a prayer request and then somebody else makes like a bigger prayer request and you go, oh, let's just pray for that one. As if he's got one token, play it right. All that we ask. Uh, and, and it says, we'll see it in a moment, even what we only think. I think Paul knows us really well when he acknowledges there are things that I have thought but then not ask. Is that ever true for you? You've thought but never asked it. 
Maybe you didn't believe that he could, so you didn't ask, or you thought, and I was like, ah, that's, maybe that's too much, or I don't know if I'm prepared to believe that much, so you've had a thought, but you didn't ask. Or watch this. Maybe you thought, God's going to do what he is going to do. What's the point of asking? You know what the point of asking? Can I have your eyes for a moment? Because the Bible says you have not because you ask not. That's the point of asking. He can do beyond what we ask. He can even do beyond what we, what we think. And then it says even more than what we think. You and I could not think, even think of something that God would go, oh, you got me there. I couldn't do that one. Now, again, let me make sure you're seeing it if you're not looking at your text there. Verse 20 of Ephesians 3. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. So it's all that we ask or think, and it's beyond all that we ask or think. Why? According to the power that works within us. So the one we pray to is able to do according to power at work within us. What power is that? That is the power of the Holy Spirit that he has poured into our hearts when we have believed and been born again. When we became children of God, we became partakers of the divine nature because the Spirit of God now lives in us. Question, does the Holy Spirit live within all people? No, only those who have been born Again, all are created in the image of God, but only children of God have the spirit of God within them. That is the power that raises the dead. That's at work within us. That should encourage us. The power that's at work within us has raised the dead. And it's not only raised the dead, the power at work, work within us has conquered sin and death. This is why he can pray that they would be strengthened to overcome every temptation because that's the power. He's not asking God to do something for us that is beyond his power. Not only because he's abundant beyond far more than able to do anything that we're to ask or think, it's because he has proven that the power within us has already conquered sin and death. And in conquering sin and death, it is proven that the power at work within us is greater than Satan. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The one we pray to is far more important than what we pray. That we understand how great he is, how able he is to do what we ask beyond what we ask. Not wishful thinking because the power in us is his power that is demonstrated to be greater than Satan, greater than sin and death. The power that has raised the dead. And then, if I put this together, here's what I think he's saying. This would be my summary thus far. He is able to do more than what we think because his power is beyond what we can imagine. That's the challenge. He is able to do more than what we think. His power beyond what we can imagine. We can go to the beach and watch the waves come in, come in, come in, come in, and go out. We can look at the sun and go, wow, it rose and then it set. How that happens? Wow. Then we look beyond and we see the galaxy and we go, what a great God. His power is beyond what we can imagine. That's why He is able to do more than what we think. Just look at his, in creation, he has demonstrated, he has done more than what you and I could imagine, right? Just look at things. Have you never looked at God's creation and gone, wow, what a creative God. Who thought of that? 
He's greater than we can imagine. So he's able to do more than what we think, which is why he finishes verse 21 how? To him, what? To him be the glory. To him be glory. Where? In the church and in Christ Jesus. For how long? To all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So the fourth, God is able to do according to power at work within us. And he is worthy of glory. He's worthy of glory among his people. He says, to him be the glory in the church. We, as the people of God, we are the ones who live and speak and sing his praise, his glory, because of how we have come to know him as able, more than able, beyond more than able, abundantly beyond far more than able, because we have experienced his supernatural power in, in us and through us. It's why in the church we give praise. It's why in the church we give minutes every time we gather to give worship to our God. It's why we would ask you and encourage you. Don't just stand and listen to a band. Join with them. Good voice, bad voice, horrible voice. Join your praise because he is worthy of glory. Yeah. He's worthy of glory in the church. He's worthy of glory because of his son. See, the scripture says <clears throat> this in Philippians 2 of Jesus. This is why the Father is worthy of glory because of his son that he took on, he humbled himself, took on human flesh. He emptied himself, took on human flesh. He was obedient even to the point of death. Obedient to whom? To the Father. He was raised from the dead. He was seated at the right hand. All that happened in and through the person of Jesus is to the glory of the Father. You see, I think built into your heart and my heart is a desperate need to know that we are part of something someone much bigger than us. When we get lost in our own little world, our problems get really big. Our issues get really over-exaggerated and we have what we call in our world drama. You got drama going on in your life? Drama is usually a result of we have lost our vision of the glory of God. Because when we get fixed on how great God is, then all this little petty stuff that we get so about. So I'm, I'm inviting you with the apostle. Let's lift our eyes on this. It's like he has this gush of how great God is. And it doesn't come with a command. Did you notice that? He doesn't tell you to do anything with this. You don't have to do anything. If you'll do it, it will do something to you. Understand that? If you will give God the glory he deserves, if you'll lift your eyes beyond what's going on in life and you'll see how great he is, that will do something in your heart. And here's the best. It's for all eternity. It goes on and on and on and on forever. His glory, his glory doesn't run out. Did you hear the, uh, the U.S. athlete who just broke the, <clears throat> the world record in the Olympics, so obviously won the gold medal? She says this, records come and go. I don't know if you heard her say this. After she won the gold medal, broke a world record. Medals, excuse me, records come and go, but the glory of God is eternal. 
See, she just put it into perspective. Will heaven be more than a concert? <laughs> yeah, you look at you like you're not sure. Heaven will be more than a concert. When I just, you know, that picture again, that maybe you still have stuck in your head of we're going to sit on clouds and sing to harps. It's going to be much more than that. There'll be no thumbs down in heaven. <clears throat> But let me give you a picture of what will be so great about heaven. When somebody does something great on earth, what do we do? What do we do? Yes, you're right. We clap. Why do we give a courtesy clap? Because it wasn't great, but it's awkward not to clap. So we give a courtesy clap, right? We've all done a courtesy. I was like, oh, glad that's over. <clears throat> but if it's great, we clap. If it's really great, what do we do? Yeah, we yell or we clap longer and louder. And if it's like really super awesome, we stand up, we shout, we yell, and it goes on. And then, and then it's like, okay, how long can I do this? So then we sit down. These folks who, uh, I've been watching these very fun, exciting watch parties as they cheer their families on in the Olympics. And, and as they're screaming and yelling, and then they cut away. Why? Because at some point, nobody wants to watch the family sit around and munch on chips. Because the celebration stops. Why? Because it was great. It just wasn't Eternal. What's true about God? His glory is eternal. And so uh, this, this helps me because I, I don't know how to think about heaven other than to think it will be so great that what we do to express glory will never come to an end. That's how great it is. They'll never be like, okay, that was enough. Because all of us have been apart and people keep clapping. You're like, oh, okay, enough already. It was great. It was not that great. Not true in heaven. There'll not be a single person that goes, all right, enough for God. And it's not because there'll be, it's because there will never be enough for God. This, folks, I hope in some way, God is capturing your heart right now. And your heart is expanding to appreciate the greatness of our God, the glory of our God. Because when we capture it, it does something in us. Now ask yourself, he's just, before we read the last two verses again, we've kind of picked it apart now, I wanna go back to the big picture. But he finished, he's praying this after he just what said, just what said? Said just what? Jeez. <laughs> just what said, yoga. Yoda. Yoga. <laughs> wow, I'm lost. <clears throat> he has just prayed <laughs> to request, Lord, make him strong. Lord, let him know how much you love him. And we've admitted, well, I'm not doing what strong people do, right? And I could never, knowing how much God loves me is actually beyond knowledge. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all who ask or think according to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. See, I always ask myself, not only what does the text say, but why is he saying it? And I think this one's pretty obvious. Knowing what he has just asked to be strengthened and to know the love of God which surpasses knowledge, he wants them to know the power of God to do the impossible and to increase their belief. 
to increase their belief. To not think, uh, overcome every temptation, come on, settle down a little bit. Come on, make it a little more possible. Joy in every circumstance? Nah, don't be so ideal. No, he's going, the God we're praying to, the God I'm asking to do this, he can do it. No, no, he can more than do it. No, no, he can far more. You you see it? He, He wants them to know and to increase their belief and their confidence in the God who does the impossible. Because when our confidence is raised up, not beyond what God does, but it starts to inch up to how great God really is. When our confidence in God is that great to do the impossible, what will we do? We'll give him glory. And you know how we give him glory? by asking him to do that which reveals his glory. I don't know if you understand that, but when we ask God to work in supernatural, impossible ways, that actually is glorifying to him because it demonstrates we believe he can do that. And when he does it, then it's like, wow, God had a chance to show off there. Now, God doesn't, I don't like to usually use the word show off because show off usually seems immature and God is not immature. But he is glorious. And when he works in supernatural ways, his glory is revealed. So he ends this chapter in a manner of lifting their hearts to how great God is to encourage them What I'm asking God to do, he can do. He can do beyond what I'm asking him to do. He can do it. And you, would you, with increased confidence in God, ask God to do that which would bring him great glory in your life? I think he wants us to end with this expression of worship. Father, we believe you are able to do more than what we think because your power is beyond what we can imagine. Now, I'm not asking you to write that down. I'm asking you this. Can you say that? Can you say, Father, we believe Can you personally say, Father, I believe you're able to do more than what I think because your power is beyond what I can imagine. Not just theoretically. Do you believe that? See, what I want us to do as we respond to this passage is I want us to give us an opportunity to worship and then ask. And then worship and then ask, and worship, and ask, because he ends this prayer of asking with a worship that is to spur on our believing and our asking. So I'm going to invite the band to come up, and we're going to take some time to do this response together. And, And again, if you're over in North, if you're joined us on the live stream, please engage in this time as well. So here's uh, our beginning expressions of worship on the side screen there. Father, we believe you're able to do more than what we think because your power is beyond what we can imagine. They'll just read it if, if you're going, Lord, I believe that. Let's state it as an expression of worship to our God out loud together. Father, we believe you're able to do more than what we think because your power is beyond what we can imagine. If that's true, let me ask you this. Does God have the power to strengthen you to do the impossible? He does? Like this, to love people who hate you, hurt you, 
and have wronged you? Okay, that got a lot, lot more real. You, you were with me on the principle. Yes, the impossible. Oh, loving people who have been hateful to me, wronged me? Mm-hmm. Can he strengthen you to do that? Yeah, and, and this is not just wishful fear. What are we saying? That is what God does. That's what Jesus did. Hanging on a cross. How did he love them? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. That's powerful. All of us have had people wrong us, hurt us, maybe even hate us. And at best, sometimes we think, Lord, I just won't get them back. But what does Jesus do? He says, I'm not just going to get them back. <laughs> Love your enemy. That's like me. It's got to have the, the power to strengthen you to over sin, overcome sin that has entangled you, to break addictions. Because what is an addiction? In biblical language, it's this. It's an enslaving sin. Does God have the power to break addiction? Yeah. Whether you admit you're addicted or not, if there is sin that is just... And it might be worry. Or fear. Or lust. shopping. Seriously. Did something, God break that in your life. Jealousy, just always jealous. To endure current hardship with joy. See, it's one thing to say, do I believe God can do the impossible? Yes. But then when we make it real, and the dailiness of life, of love, of overcoming and enduring. This is what it means to trust God, to believe him. So I'm going to ask you to make a personal decision right now, each of you. If you know and agree that that's what the Lord wants, but that's not happening in your life and, and you need the Lord to strengthen you. I'm going to invite you as an act of faith, of asking God, because he'd be glorified if you did this, right? That you would stand and let me pray for you. If there's a specific one of those that you go, I need to be strengthened that I'm not doing that. I want to pray for you. Anybody willing to say, there's a person I know I should love, but I'm not loving. A sin to overcome. A hardship to endure. I, I appreciate it. it takes courage to stand in this moment. But this is what it means to respond to the Lord. Before we bow, for each person standing and over in North, I hope you're standing. If at home, hope those of you need this prayer, you're standing. Can I make eye contact with you before we pray? I love that you want what the Lord wants. And he loves that too. And here, faithful as he has called you, and he will bring it to pass. So let's pray. Father, we're asking in this moment that for each person that's standing right now, you know what's in their heart, whether it's love or a sin to overcome or a hardship that they're just not rejoicing in. Lord, pray what the passage praise. Would you strengthen them in the inner man by the Holy Spirit?
to do what you've called them to do. You've promised that you abide in us and that if we abide in you as you abide in us, we'll bear much fruit. So I pray for each individual that they might learn to abide in you in this particular area of their life. In the moment of need, when they're face to face with this person, when temptation is just pounding away, when circumstances are hard, Lord, in that moment, would they abide in you? In other words, believe in you that you're able to help them, that you will strengthen them, that when we are weak, you are strong. Lord, I pray for breakthrough, relational breakthrough, righteousness breakthrough, breakthrough of joy, for those who have been down and despaired for so long that joy would break through right now. What you would do by your spirit is you would fill their heart with how great you are, how good you are. And there would be walking in newness of life because of it. Strengthen them by the Holy Spirit in the inner man to the praise of your glory. We pray it in Jesus' name. Let's worship. We believe you're the wonder-working God. You're the wonder-working God. All the miracles we've seen too good to not believe the wonder-working God and you heal because you love all the miracles we'll see you're too good to not believe let me invite you to have a seat for a moment so the second Having worshiped our wonder-working God, I want us to declare that we believe that God has the power to heal and to restore. See, I don't know what your journey has been. I didn't always know if I believed that. And then in this church, through the prayers of his people, I've literally seen tumors disappear and cancer gone. I've seen years of chronic pain stop in answer to prayer. It wasn't on the other side of the world. It wasn't in the book of Acts. It was in the last 10 years here at Christian Family Chapel. Encouraged by an email yesterday, a couple here on Thursday night. That afternoon, they had been told by a neighbor that the spouse was in intensive care because of COVID. Would you please pray? So they prayed for them Thursday night. The next day, the spouse came over and said, hey, numbers have turned. They're going to take him out of ICU. Now you may go, oh, that may have happened anyway. Maybe. But we ask. That couple said, we asked together Thursday night for our neighbor. And they're, they're not believers, so they weren't asking. I need to rethink my faith. Does, do you believe that God can heal? That he does heal? And then when he does, it brings him glory. I do. I believe he heals and restores. 
And so, again, as an act of faith, and I want to be very specific here, uh, I'm going to invite you to stand if you have something specific that you're asking for a healing touch of God for. It's not that we can't pray for others. If you stay seated, pray for somebody else. But I want to, if you specifically in this room or in another room or north, if you have a specific thing that you're asking God to heal or a restoration to make, would you stand and let me pray? A leper came to Jesus and simply said this, if you're willing, you can make me clean. That's how we pray. You can, we believe you can. We're asking that you will. The rest of you I know probably know somebody. As you bow there in your seat, believe and ask on that person's behalf. Father, you've created the human body. It's your magnificent work. So Lord, where there is disease or sickness that is robbing life, ask for your healing touch that you would remove the sickness that you would remove the disease that you would stop the cancer that you would remove the tumor if there's a lack of function of an organ Lord would you restart the function if there's missing function a lack of function in the brain Lord, would you begin that function? It's not trite to say that you are the great physician, Lord. We believe that you are the God who heals. And so we ask, Lord, if you're willing, would you heal? Let me give a quiet moment for those of you who are standing not just to listen to my prayer, but would you in this moment of prayer, would you declare to the Lord for yourself, Lord, if if you're willing, you can heal me. I ask that you would. And Lord, where there is brokenness in relationship as there's brokenness in body. I pray that there would be a reconciliation where marriage is broken. I pray that there would be oneness. I pray that there would be humility. Confession. Repentance that would bring restoration. God, we ask these things because we believe you're a wonder working God. Let's worship again. stand in this moment now because ultimately the greatest miracle is 
the power to save, to take those who are dead in their sin and bring them to life. Yes, it's the greatest miracle in my life. It's the greatest miracle in any person's life. Even if cancer has been removed, guess what? You're still gonna die physically. Lazarus died again. Bummer. (laughs) But forever we live when our sin is forgiven and we're made one with God. So God has the power to save uh, even those who have mocked God. Even those who say they'll never believe. So I remember when a person said to me, I know it's important to you, Doug, but I I'm not gonna believe. I don't believe and I never will believe. And it shut my prayer down because I lost sight of how great our God is. And I thought they've decided. And then God, through my son, graciously reminded, God's a lot bigger than that person. So if you've stopped praying because someone has said, no, I don't believe, or you've stopped praying because they're just running away from God, and maybe if they stop running, you'll start praying again. He is able, more than able, far more than able, abundantly beyond, far more than able to do what we ask. And I know that there is someone, and I know there's lots of people, but I'm gonna invite you to pick one person right now. One person who's still dead in their sins that you're asking that God would bring them to life. Do you believe he can? Are they too hard-hearted? No. Are they too smart? No. Have they done too much wrong? No. That's the power of God to save. So we bow together, Lord agreeing together that salvation belongs to you and therefore it's yours to give. And we say first, thanks God for your saving grace in our own life. But Lord, we're asking, would you extend that Would you name the name right now that you're asking God for to save? Maybe name it out loud. Lord, you hear in the names. We're asking that you would break through. (laughs) That's not hard for you. Would you open blind eyes? Would they hear what they've not heard before and believe what they've rejected before? Lord, would the the power of the gospel, not our persuasive words, would the power of the gospel break forth through so that, that they would believe in you, be born again and walk in newness of life and have abundant life and life eternal? promise, Lord. You're not slow, you're patient. And you say you're patient because you desire none to perish, but all to come to repentance. So that's what we're asking right now, that they would come to repent and believe in the name of Jesus and be born again, to be part of the family. So wherever they are, whatever they think, Whatever their resistance, Lord, we're asking, would you break through? We believe. Let's worship. We believe in the wonder-working God, the wonder-working God. All the miracles we've seen, too good to not believe. Too good to not believe, too good 
space here that we can go before the Lord and ask for bold prayers. And we ask not in the confidence of an outcome, but we have confidence in a wonder-working and a miracle-working God. And so we ask because we believe He can. We don't demand, we ask Him, and we trust what He does. And whatever His answer is, we're going to praise Him no matter what because He's worthy of it. So glad that you were here today. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time. Bless you.